Welcome to Pop Culture Retro, which was recently voted the 15th best podcast by the residents of the Golden Years Retirement Community in Boca Raton, Florida. Each show, we'll revisit some of your favorite pop culture memories with insider and outsider perspectives. Now, please help me welcome your hosts, Ike Eisenman and Jonathan Rosen. Hello and welcome to another edition of Pop Culture Retro. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Rosen, along with my co-host, the man who regrets agreeing to do this segment, Ike Eisenman. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Um, um, you know, regret is a heavy word. I, I, I don't, uh, I don't regret bring, being tasked with anything that I would normally never actually do on my own. So, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, <laughs> so, I'll have to explain. All right. Because we're doing another segment, another edition of forgotten films. And as we've said before, we've, it sort of has devolved into each one of us wanting to torture the other one. Uh, I'm going to quantify this by saying that I don't think anything that I will ever pick will match Ike's choice of shakes the clown but i'm going to sure as hell try <laughs> well so, I, I i love that i've been able to challenge you in some in some way because who knew i mean who knew and you know the thing is going back to just shakes for a moment i didn't expect to hate it as much as i hated it this last time i saw it because i had such fond memories of the darkness and oddity of that movie but I did not know it was actually going to elicit such a visceral reaction in you. And so, <laughs> you know, wow. Um, yeah, cut you off at the knees. Good luck standing up again. No, you did. I, I Like I said, I, I'm going to try. I don't think I'm going to match it, but I will try. <laughs> this, this one we're, we're going to talk about today. I, I My choice was the 1981 box office bomb comedy, Honky Tonk Freeway. Uh, many might not even remember the film, which is why it's a forgotten film, because it was only in the theaters for one week. I don't know if you read all the backstory on it along the way while watching this. What happened? Not along, not along the way, because I just wanted to experience it. Then I want to do a little research. But <laughs> okay. I read a very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I can't even figure out what year this it, it it was written but an examination of honky tonk freeway as some sort of yeah well we'll, we'll get to all that all that <laughs> later but i read that which gave a great deal of background about um about, well that i'm going to ask you because you i'm going to well we'll get to that in a second because i want to ask yeah. you when we do that because you know you being on that side of the business you can explain a lot of the things that happened there because i I'm kind of getting it, but I will. I want to get your take on it too. But I'll, I'll sure. go on the plot. Yes, the plot here is you know basically it's the fictional Florida town of Ticklaw wants an exit ramp off the highway that will lead directly to them because it'll help increase tourism. All right, the mayor, played by William Devane, goes through a shady methods to get it done, starting with bribing government officials. Uh, these are just some of the stories because there were others. There are a lot of other you know, side characters along the way, side stories that all converged into the, you know, the one place. There was, you know, a bank robbers on the run, a, a, a woman who was taking her mother's urn to spread ashes in Miami, a nun who was contemplating leaving the convent, and many more. I think that, that they showed the tag as being Nashville on wheels was the tag. <laughs> uh, on paper, I think this should have been a huge hit 
because look, I mean, you look at the director and the cast, the director, John Schlesinger, the cast here, William Devane, Hume Cronin, Jessica Tandy, Beverly D'Angelo, Bo Bridges, Howard Hessman, Geraldine Page, Daniel Stern, and e even Paul Jabara, who wrote who wrote many of Donna Summer's songs and wrote some of the songs for uh, this as well. And I did like, <laughs> I went back watching, I did like a lot of the songs in here. I really did. But it- Okay, well, that right there is irredeemable at the, cast, at the top. Yeah, so. look, <laughs> looking at the cast, it probably should have been a huge hit and it tanked, it tanked big time. So before I go into anything, Roy, let's get your initial thoughts. Well, the funny thing is, is I, I, I sat, I watched it in two parts. Um, I had to interrupt my screening time um, and then come back to it later in the day. And I started watching did you force it. Yourself I, said, to wow. go back to it? I said, no, I did not force myself. See, that's the shocking thing. There's a <laughs> lot about this movie I like. Now, okay. it is a true train wreck in every sense of the word at the end of the day. <laughs> but I started it and I said, I love this premise. This premise is fantastic. Um, it, 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 it covered so many interesting things that intrigued me. And I could tell, obviously, immediately I could tell it was a farce. And I love farces. And, you know, over-the-top comedies of, of this sort, I've always enjoyed. So I thought, I know I'm going to get something out of this. Um, but it became, when I came back to finish it which was the bulk of it i probably only watched about 30 minutes before i walked away and then i had you know well over an hour to finish and it just became more and more and more absurd more and more and more ridiculous and less and less and less funny even though i laughed out loud a couple of times i wish i'd taken note of what of what i laughed out loud at because because it surprised even in me even me it there, there were moments that were just like okay that's really hilarious and i was just overwhelmed with the cast because i went into it knowing absolutely nothing i didn't look up anything at all i just sat down and watch it because that's what i truly love to do with movies that i know nothing about is just experience them i'm wasn't positioned for it i did not know what it was about i didn't even glance at the little blurb um on prime <laughs> video when i rented it and uh and and i thought i thought one of the profound things I think I experienced, which I all what I which I do with movies like this, especially made by powerful people. I mean, let's look at John Schlesinger, Midnight yep. Cowboy, for goodness sakes. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the most important films ever made, you know, let alone best picture of 1969, coming from a filmmaker that's got very interesting perspectives um, about many, many different things and brings those to bear in his movies. And you've got Marathon Man and 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 I think it was right after, I think this was right after Marathon Man. I'm going to look yeah. just because I can. Um, uh, no, Yanks was after that. And then he, then he produces this, 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 this train wreck of a movie. And, um, and it felt very much, I mean, some of the background I read, of course, you know, it's 1980, 81, you've got Animal House, you've got Caddyshack, you've got these other really funny, classic, um, you know, uh, what do you call them? You know, just slapstick, practically slapstick comedies that are huge successes. And it seemed like an answer to that in a way. And, and, 
I'm always fascinated when something just doesn't work because if you're not full bore, if you miss the mark by two or 3%, especially with a comedy, it's just, there's nothing funny about it. And yet the performances were fantastic. Everybody was so good. So I enjoyed watching all of that, but I couldn't resolve the horrible direction <laughs> with the horrible writing. I mean, and the writing wasn't horrible. It just missed the mark. And so you add all that up. I think that's his only credit, by the way. His only screenplay credit. It is because he was writing for Jay Leno. And then he right. went before that and went on to write for some other TV thing. I don't know. And then and then he just disappeared com completely. So this did him no favors uh, for his career either. And, and, it, it, and we should be fair and mention his name because he did Edward write it. Clinton, um, Edward Clinton, yes, Edward Clinton, who I just, when I saw the name, I thought, okay, okay gotta look this guy up because <laughs> I don't know anything about him. And and did he ever do anything else ever again of note? No, not at all, not at all, not at all. Right. So, so, you know, yes, my overall broad strokes are, I love the premise because there's, there's something I have, you know, I have some sort of interesting like obsession i kind of call it a storytelling fetish i love weird worlds i love the idea of anything that takes place in a circus or a carnival or an alternate kind of world that 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 most of us don't experience because we all live in larger you know in, you know in in probably larger communities in the united states but when you go to a small town and you examine the dynamics of a small town anywhere in the US and in, in the United States, it feels like you're entering into a very interesting, eccentric world. And so I liked that immediately because films like, you know, Miss Firecracker, I absolutely adore. And, and um, you know, just, and you would have thought Happy Texas would have been one of those for me, but it actually wasn't a look inside of a small town even though it sort of was trying to do that, it, it, it didn't pull me in in the way that like the dark corners and strange things that happen when, when a town needs to, you know, do what it needed to do was get tourism there. And they were being cut off from it completely. Now, okay, I'm going to be hypercritical, first of all, and say <laughs> there's no reason on the planet that that small town should have been denied a freeway off ramp. <laughs> okay because number one the feds don't pay for it the state doesn't pay for it i think and i could be mistaken i'm happy to stand and be corrected an off-ramp is paid for by the community taxes that it's you know it it, it i would have it no services. idea on this <laughs> i'm not 100 percent sure either but either way taxes are going to support this so it's not like some freebie that's given away or a favoritism that's given away you want you want it to feed the local community so the whole setup initially for me was like okay why why are they being denied this just because this guy's being petty they didn't even give a reason now you know and so therefore the entire premise then got weak to me. And I thought, had there been a legitimate reason, had William Devane's character, who's the head of this town and he does everything in it, and he's the one who spearheads the major effort for this off-ramp, 
maybe if he'd slept with the council person's <laughs> wife, then I would say, hey, you got a real problem here, pal. But he was a really pure character. So you can't set it up that way. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not here to solve the problem because it's long, long, long gone and dead. But even in a farce, you got to have a very real inciting incident as to why this is happening or it isn't happening. And then anything you do after that is okay with me. I will go along for the ride. So that was just my first, the first kernel of like, eh, God, if you'd just done that, I'd have been fine with it. So just to be flatly refused, even after a bribe is paid to get the off ramp, it just is just like, oh, okay, well, let's see where it goes from here. Now, <laughs> unlike you, like I said, I just freaking hated the music. I hated the songs. <laughs> I just, they came up and I was like, oh, good God. You know, I mean, even Smokey and the Bandit, I just, I hate it when a song comes up in the middle of a movie. And I think back to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid all the time. This brilliant, beautiful, amazing film. And right in the middle, raindrops keep falling on your head, <laughs> pops up out of nowhere over a montage. And it's like, I would have loved it if they could have gone back and recut that film and just removed it <laughs> so that we could enjoy it straight through. So anyway. I did not think uh, Raindrops Keep Falling My Head fit in well in that movie too. I do agree with you on that. Here, yeah. I disagree with you. I did, I did think because it was a different context. It was not a montage type thing where they're putting in music. I just thought it accompanied what was going on on screen. And you're gonna be even hating this more in a second I've looked, I, I do have the album of Honky Tonk Freeway, but I've looked for it on CD or like Spotify for years and I cannot find it anywhere. I'm still trying to get it. So I'm still, I still am going to try to find it at some point. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, I seriously doubt they would have spent any money on an album. You say that it, this did exist at one point? Yes, or you're just yes, trying... the, No, no, I, I, I do have the, the vinyl. I have the vinyl. You're Is kidding. This? No. <laughs> so, That's extraordinary. Um, I'll say this again. I Because the song at the end, the Paul Jabara song at the end, Faster, Faster, I love that song. I, I just love that song. And I do like the other songs along the way. But I can't find it anywhere. Um, I, there was someone that had it against a digital file somewhere once on their site, and I can't find it now. I'm going to keep looking for it. So I'm going to try to download it. But the, here's, here's the thing. It was only in theaters for one week. I saw it in that one week. I know. I was getting ready to say, because you mentioned that before, what on earth prompted you to go see this movie? I remember my cousin wanted to go see it. And we were, we were living in Florida at the time, St. Pete. And my cousin wanted to go see it. So I went with him to see it in that one week. And the following week, it was already gone. <laughs> It was out of the theaters. And I remember not even, I remember kind of even enjoying it. Well, you know, I was I was a, a kid, but I remember even kind of enjoying it because it is like silly humor, a lot of it. And I did enjoy it. And looking back and when I watched it now, I, I, I have to admit, I know it's a stupid movie. It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. But I had fond memories watching it again because I have not seen it in many, many years. But I had fond memories watching it because of remembering it, seeing it as a kid. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, it's a stupid movie, but there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it, stupid and terrible just do not go hand in hand together. You, you can make it as stupid as you want, but but 
but oh, man, make it funny. But I, you know, um, <laughs> I, 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 again, going back to the cast, I love the cast. I mean, oddly enough, Geraldine Page is brilliant in this. <laughs> she plays a nun and she's traveling through Florida going, I don't know where, I don't even remember where they were going. Um, with her with with another nun who drives the Apprentice car nun, I guess. <laughs> and just and Geraldine Page is just like it is a true testament to what a brilliant actress um, she was by how interesting and subtle and uncomfortable a character she was able to portray in a ridiculous farce like this I thought she I loved William Devane I've always liked William Devane anyway yeah, but I thought he was fantastic fantastic he was just fantastic as the you know essentially the um the lead um the lead character in this and the, the driving force behind it all but um but so like everyone i mean you've got jessica tandy and hume cronin playing their quintessential yep. per per perennial um yes. you know old old married <laughs> couple picking on each other for one reason or another and and then everything changes. And it, it, there, it, 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 Jessica Tandy was fantastic. I mean, she plays, <laughs> I have to say, she plays this alcoholic that refuses to believe she's an alcoholic. And they sit down to a lunch on the road and she orders five Manhattans as, <laughs> as, as, her, as her lunch. And the conversation is just, is just hilarious. And her insistence that well, she doesn't eat the oranges, so that doesn't make her an alcoholic. Uh, you know, all the little things she 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 mentions and justifies, and it's just she's just so delightful. And I, you know, so there are redeeming values to this movie that are worth watching. It, um, you know, I hope we can we can we can get behind the uh, you know the station wagon and create some inertia <laughs> for this for this vehicle to perhaps make its way to a little cult classic status. Cause it doesn't seem, I mean, it's get, gets attention. Like I said, this article I read um, was not so much a review, but it was kind of a, re a review about how anti-American this movie was and, and how it was perceived that way by the executives at universe. I guess it was universal and, and it got into just, political stuff that i, I thought okay. i i did not find it that way at <laughs> really um i thought it was just showing a slice of america to me when i was watching it well that's how that's how i felt that's why i liked it because again to going to my earlier previous point about liking these different worlds florida has has a history i know and i haven't looked into it that deeply but a history of all these strange little amusement parks and um, yep. sightseeing places scattered all up and down the state to stop people along the road on their way to Miami, which is where everybody pretty much wants to go most of the time. And so there's a history of that here. So to have this little town, um, you know, fighting for a piece of that by having a having a, a safari zoo or safari, I forgot what they called it with the animals and and the lions and, and the, elephants. The big draw was the water skiing elephant. That was the water big skiing draw. elephant. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, that is just that's so truly typical of of weird Florida. And there's a book called Weird Florida that yes. documents uh, these. And I, again, I've yet to read it. I've yet to read it. I've seen it. I'm oh, threatening to. So good. It's good. Yeah, Great I need, book. I need, I need to get it because it just sounds fantastic to me. So yeah, uh, I will. And, I will. 
if you want to go look at it, by the way, Mount Dora is the place it was filmed for. That's what Tickler substituted for. And Mount Dora is like a big destination now. It's a lot of oh, people. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I have, I've been to Mount Dora um, a couple of times. So, um, but, uh, you know, even just the footage that Schlesinger got of the building of a freeway, because it actually did look like it, the, mm -hmm. those shots were Florida. I mean, I don't know yep. what freeway it actually was, but uh, I seventy five. They said, "Really, seriously? Okay, yeah, hmm. interesting. So, All right. Now, I want to just touch about the, the behind the scenes. Why it was only in the theater for one week? Now, yeah. did, did you did you read that backstory? Did you read that part? I read some information. So, whatever you you want to share, share with me and ask me the questions, and I'll do my best to uh, answer well, it from here's what. The thing. From okay, what so I know. they said this was the whole scheme. They they sold the ancillary rights to to a German investor in need of a tax loss. That's what I was reading, in an effort to try to re, you know recoup some of their money, some of their loss. But when the the movie's distributors learned this, they were no longer they said financially motivated to distribute the movie widely, and then therefore only released it one week and pulled it. Yeah. So what does that all what does that entail? What does that all mean? <laughs> Well, the version I read was when this film was finally finished and screened for the Universal executives, um, they stood up and started screaming, what the hell is this? What the hell? <laughs> this is horrible. This is absolutely horrible. This is anti, again, according to this source, they they just thought it was anti-religion, anti-American. We can't do, you, 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 we can't we can't have this. Why would you make a movie like this? And accused John Schlesinger, who's British, of of having an anti-american uh, agenda in making this film and um they were so angry about it that they refused to pay for advertising they just were not going to advertise it flat out and um so you know that's enough to kill a movie you just see a poster pop up you have no idea what it is and why would you go see that unless you're um Jonathan Rosen so um i was the one <laughs> to my mind that's that that i mean to from what i read there not my mind um you know and this does happen at the at the end of the day one of the things about every single movie that's made it goes all the way to the executive level and then that's the point at which the distribution company and the studio if they're one and the same or two different companies, they then say whether or not they are going to get behind it. And no one knows, no matter what kind of deals are made, because anything can be killed. I mean, contemporarily, you're, you're looking at, um, is it back? Is it Batgirl that got shelved? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's never going to come see. The, it's never going to come out. It's never going to come out because someone finally decided, you know, either this movie's not good enough or it's just, it's going to be, it's not worth the investment, even given what we've already spent on it. And, um, and, and, you know, it, this business is like any other business, you know, you, you, you build a real estate development that 
isn't made well enough and it doesn't attract the you know the the all all you know the rents and fees and customers that you need to have it have it move forward sometimes these things are just killed or sold off to somebody else as a tax write-off and and then they try to figure out what to to do with it on their own if they you know they have other ideas etc etc so this happens in all kinds of different different businesses um what i don't know about selling the ancillary rights off but that's the probably the reason why there was an album i was going to say why would they spend any money pressing an album of the soundtrack if the movie didn't earn a dollar it didn't make sense so that must be that's part of the ancillary uh rights i'm guessing that okay. this german company bought and they probably went ahead and produced it because they've got you know names or whatever associated with that and and um etc but that's that's my best guess um the the yeah i was thinking it's like all the video rights and they were if they were like putting it to like you know the, the vhs rights but you know I don't even know. Remember, if video was like even that. Yeah, we did did a special, and I don't, I don't remember even was was video even starting. 80, then? 80, 80, just just barely, just barely starting. And and yeah, I have to go eight because well, release in eighty one. Um, you know the, the the thing there were all there were always forward thinking people who realized what ancillary rights could possibly be worth for anything. And quite often, some of these companies, they won't just pick up one movie like this. They'll pick up, they'll, they'll buy a studio's library of failures um, mm -hmm. because, you know, European audiences are different, <laughs> are different than American audiences. Uh, you know, we learned that about Phantom of the Opera, a Phantom, 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 Phantom of the Paradise in Canada, which right, is right. not Europe, it's Canada, but but the fact that it was such a huge hit in a in a in a portion of, in an area of Canada is is absolutely hilarious and fascinating. And many many, you know, I mean, even David David Hasselhoff is still an amazingly yes. huge you know yes. star in Germany, and mm -hmm. no one really knows why. So it, it, there's <laughs> there's a quirkiness about you know we have our yes our American <clears throat> sensibilities. I will say that that is something that we definitely have, and other parts of the world are attracted to different things. So these companies, if they can release an American film in, in, in Europe with all those stars in it, no doubt people will probably go see it, even if they don't get it. So there's, there's, there's just all kinds of opportunities. And then of course, once video hits, they'll release it on video and then, and then see what happens, see what happens there. But uh, yeah, it's, a, that, that's a really, that's a blurry time frame for me because i can't remember it seemed like it, by 82 83 i was renting movies all the time um they were they were available so i could be wrong of course about so that, that timeline because because they sold that's what that's what prompt so i so see your explanation that you said that they, they that the producers just hated it and wanted to pull it but so i was curious by selling the ancillary rights out from under them that leaves no reason for them to keep promoting this movie then right i mean just no reason at all for oh them yeah to do it. no 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 reason at all because it, you know then god forbid it becomes uh, a hit and they've already sold the rights away they, they won't make any future money on it so they they were just looking it was a clearinghouse obviously it sounds like a clearinghouse thing we just someone wants to buy it 
here's the price if you want it for that good and then they just try to they just try to absorb the loss because it was a 24 million dollar film i mean it wasn't it wasn't a cheap movie um and i no, can't it's imagine to be only a couple of million they kept they said this budget kept rising while they were doing it oh my god oh my god well yeah that happens also so you know yeah it's a crazy business crazy business <laughs> no like you said i i did enjoy it again here i remember i think we talked about this in a previous special we, that was around the time late a little bit afterwards is when we first got cable for the first you know i was amazed when we first got cable this was on all the time <laughs> this was running all yeah. the time when we first when i first had and that's that's part and of the ancillary it, rights yeah so like i said i saw it in the theater but then i saw it many many times after i probably have not seen it all the way through since the 80s i've watched bits and pieces here and there again i will go on youtube go watch you know play that song again at the end but this is the first time in since the 80s probably since i watched it all the way through like i said i did i do have fond memories watching it just because it brought me back to that time it's it looking at the movie we've talked about this before looking at it it's definitely you you, you see the vision the visuals quickly you know when it's made you know the time frame that it is just because oh, yeah. of the way everything works <laughs> so it it did bring me right back to that you know time seeing as a kid so again i didn't hate it i didn't i didn't hate it at all i uh thought but I, I was laughing while watching and thinking oh ike's really gonna hate this movie <laughs> i'm surprised <laughs> that you didn't hate it as much as i as i thought you would but i i did i did have fond memories watching it again well I, you know it, it's 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 Again, I love discovering uh, films like this because what I didn't expect was there's to be so many people, so many stars in it. Um, yeah. I, I I just thought it, and I forgot I, too, by the way, that how many. Yeah, were I mean, I, I I did I just didn't uh, I just didn't expect that, and um, it's there's you know it's the the thing is nobody sets out to make a bad movie. Nobody does. <laughs> you know that's. Uh, there is no you know real world version of the producers uh in 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 hollywood where where the some you know filmmakers are intentionally trying to make a bad movie everyone's always trying to put their best work forward and so it it's it's again always fascinating to me when things work as much as <laughs> it is fascinating to me when things don't work well, here's a question for you then there. I, I don't think you've ever been in anything that went to like this level. <laughs> so, but you know, we could talk about even like on maybe a fantastic journey, I'll, I'll say I'll, the only thing that possible. Looking at the cast here is, um, looking at the cast here, you know that this was everyone while doing this, looking at all these stars and celebrities. I'm sure everyone thought this is going to be not only just a major hit, this is going to be up for many awards because of the cast that was involved with it, the director and the cast. And even that tag, Nashville on Wheels, you know, if, if you're they're giving that tag to it, and Nashville is like a, a you know, highly acclaimed film. So if they're doing, they're saying that, everyone, what's the reaction when like, you know, you're thinking you're part of something going that's going to be huge and then it's just cut out from under you that everyone is like, wow, this is really not going to work. So well, that's the, my, you, you, my, no, I was going to say, well, it, it, yeah, it's devastating because, you know, part, part of, 
I, and of course, I would have to research this to see where each of these actors were in terms of their careers at the time they did this movie, but but they were already established. Bo Bridges had been established. You know, I worked I worked with him in seventy four, seventy five, and and he was already a, a a movie star at that time. William Devane was known. Everyone was known. They were known. Yeah. And you don't you don't attract. I mean, a lot of you know. I used to kind of think, well, if you're being offered a role and they're going to pay you well, you just, you do it. And it took me a while, of course, moving into my, into my adult career before I realized, no, act, actors, stars, people, uh, people in the business make decisions based upon the material, what it's going to not only pay the bills now, but what it's going to do for their career. And they also look at, well, who else is involved? Because I swear, every star will, will say that. Well, who else is involved? And then, then you get excited because you think, "Oh my gosh, we got Beverly D'Angelo, and you got, you know, um, William Devane and Bo Bridges." Well, sure, I'll 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 be a part of that. Uh, and everyone reads the material, and then everyone decides um, if they like it and how much they like it, and 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 then you put all of that together, and it seems like it seems like a recipe for success. It does. It absolutely does. And so then when it just vaporizes like that, it is devastating. Now you're a part of something that failed miserably and everybody blames you, no matter who you are in it, you, you, that, that, that will kind of follow you for a while. And so then everyone jumps in really hard to, to do a follow-up something <laughs> so that they're not remembered <laughs> for the, for the, for the horrible movie that, that was only in theaters for a week directed by John Schlesinger. So I know it did affect John Schlesinger's career, even though he continued to work. That's it, it, does it, that affect the director more than the actors? Um, yeah, yeah, it does because you the, the director's really at the end of the day responsible for the movie. Not even the writers so much because a writer can only write so well, and then a director's got to figure out how to interpret all of that and guide the uh, performances and and make it whatever it's going to be. And it, it you know very much comes out of their head. You know, directors still have power to you know have the screenwriters do rewrites and change things and work on things and etc so you really you, you and this is another thing that's sort of controversial in, in hollywood um there was a period of time and i don't remember when it started but directors got more and more power because they were and, and i truly believe this is true they were responsible for what the film is or isn't. And when a director has a string of successes, then you, they, the director's the first person you hire, you know, someone like that for your next project. And so directors started to negotiate, and I forgot what the term was called, uh, uh, like a proprietary credit where in advertising, in, in, TV commercials advertising a film, it will say a film by, we're going to excuse John Schlesinger, a film by mm -hmm. John Schlesinger. And um, because the name recognition was so high and it was, and it was very true for a long period of time in Hollywood. And then writers started getting upset and even producers started getting upset and actors started getting upset saying, well, they're, the, the director is not the only person involved in this. You know, we were there mm -hmm. too. We contributed too. And then they started to, eliminate that um that designation from trailers and 
and ads and 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 things like that. So that's the long answer to your question. Yeah, I think the director is the one who's <laughs> responsible at the end of the day. And you know, you, all those good actors couldn't make it work. <clears throat> um, and it's questionable. I obviously back then and even today whether the writing uh, was worth the the cast and someone like john schlesinger coming in and directing it but he they all read the script they had to love it at some level but it is it is yeah it's a huge disappointment when it doesn't turn into what you think it's going to turn into and you know there's movies like mash i don't know much about the history of mash but there's so many films that are that are edgy and so completely different um that even as you're making them you're not exactly sure if it's going to be a hit no matter who's involved, you're thinking, God, what, what on earth am I working on? Well, all I can do is do the best I can do and see what happens. And, you know, there's many more instances where they don't work and they fail like this one than mm -hmm. there are instances where they go on to become huge cinematic uh, classics or huge box office successes. Um, I, I read an interview with uh, Schlesinger afterwards, you know, after the fact uh, about it. And he was shocked that this did not do well. It seemed like he thought he, he, he was very defensive about it. He thought that it should that people missed the mark on it. And yeah, he well, was like, of course. You know, really defending it. Of course. I mean, I, I, I completely get that. Um, I, I will admit that um, I, I didn't turn it down because I did not get the job, but I, but I uh, was, considered for a role in Porky's and I remember reading the script and I just said what what <laughs> kind of piece of crap is this I don't get this at all I really really don't get it at all but I went in did my best they I had a couple callbacks and then they however they shape their cast they shape their cast but you know Porky's is still a a, a, a classic screwball comedy I guess that's what they were called screwball yeah screwball comedies or just over the top you know borderline offensive comedies and i i really <laughs> i didn't understand it so there's that you have told me that before first of all do you remember which part you were up for no no and I, no. I no no <laughs> okay because you no, told really me that before no. and i found that fascinating i, I loved like mr clean cut was up for <laughs> <laughs> well that's probably I why that i didn't so I, whatever part it was that's probably why i didn't get it because it just didn't work well, that's whatever to me that's why they should have cast you because yeah. you go against that type but yeah. i i i, I love porkies and we we should need to do something on porkies one day i love porkies um i still watched it many many times i've been trying to get a couple of people from uh from that movie on here hopefully we'll be able to one day but uh i would love to go through that story that whole process with you i, I didn't bring it up because i wanted to do it specially then but i would love to go through that all the time through porkies with you <laughs> so well yeah and and again i i i haven't i'm trying to think if i actually have ever seen the movie i don't seriously? know that i have yeah yeah seriously i mean I, I was so not interested in, in those kinds of movies. So 
perhaps that and it's not a forgotten film so we can't do that but we could no it's not a forgotten it. film we'll have to do it we, like, we like, could cover know, it and that would force me to see it and then you know maybe it will shake some memories some memories loose for me but uh yeah not not 100 sure about that <laughs> I, I find porky's and we i don't want to digress too much into it I, I find it a very funny movie and i i always loved the movie and if we ever get any of one on we'll i'll talk about that more but because one of the theme one of the things in that movie one of the storylines was about uh the jewish kid that was picked on and defends himself in that in that movie uh, so yeah. i did love that movie i always like it resonated that back then besides it being a very funny movie in general uh yeah. it would never get made today <laughs> but you know never never um no. people would be offended by it uh, and certain scenes in particular and saying, oh, that's, you know, disgusting, gross, and, you know, they'd be anti-men, but it's still a very funny movie. Yeah. But anyway, I'm digressing too much. <laughs> so, that's okay. Yes. But anyway, uh, no, I, I enjoyed this again. I, I'm glad we got to go back and revisit Honky Tonk Freeway. Uh, I can only imagine what you'll pick next, but I, I was happy that we got to do this one again. So I'm probably gonna I'm gonna have to work hard. This is not gonna be easy all of a sudden because you've seen so many more movies than I have. So I'll have yes. to dig through <laughs> I think I think I think I'll have to dig dig through my list of of titles that I worked on. Um because so many of those I never bothered to watch because I knew they were going to be um <laughs> you know I terrible. have seen I probably have seen more, but every single time you brought one up. For this i've not seen it so it's been, it's been <laughs> okay all right well there you go there you go <laughs> let us know in the comments what uh all of you think if you remember even if you remember this movie at all first of all and uh did you like it not like it and uh you know just give us some of your general thoughts and uh as always thanks for watching and uh this has been jonathan rosen along with ike eisenman for pop culture retro and please subscribe Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Retro, where no one was hurt during the making of this podcast.